This is episode 611 for April 2020, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. That opening song is on uh, YouTube by a creator by the name of Sagun Adumoso, and he's doing a nice saxophone cover of the 60s Spider-Man theme song, so check that out. Before we get to uh, Spider History with JR, I want to thank people that made this episode possible to be in your MP3 player. They logged on to patreon.com slash crawlspace, and they said, hey, we enjoy what you're doing. Let us help support it. Let's help pay the bills and also get some nice perks. So a public thank you goes out to Robert, Alex, Frazetta Hulk, Josh, Zach, Muhammad, Laura, Noah, Frederick, Spider Menace, and Walter, along with Venkman, Sailor Sega, Craig, Andrew, Michael, Stuart, Ricky, Thomas, Nick, hashtag something good for you, Halfskimo, Patrick, Will, Symbiobro, Dowd, Taylor, JB, Stephen, Jay, Scott, Michael2099, AJ, Chris, John, Bob, Datboy, Eric, and Curtis. Again, thank you to all those members that uh, support the podcast. They also get nice perks like uh, getting every episode two weeks earlier than the public. They also get more than 20 exclusive podcasts like Spider Satellites, an amazing Spider-Man 2 movie, DVD commentary, etc. So one more time, patreon.com slash crawlspace. All right, let's get on with uh, Spider History with JR for April. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our April Spider History with JR. There's JR. What's going on, sir? I promise an ass-free spider history oh, man. these next two months. Thank you. If you, if you don't no know what you're talking about, we did a Friday Night Fight of the Batman Superman as published by DC, and I thought it was very unflattering of Spider-Man. So we won't talk about that in this episode. But we also have George Half-Hour Berriman right there. What's going on, sir? <laughs> yes, that's that's my homage to you saying, yeah, I want this. Let's, let's try to get this I done know. to half an hour and then derailing us with bun talk. <laughs> bun talk. <laughs> talking about hams. Yes. Okay, so we're going back to April 2003 for this uh, Spider History. Uh, thanks to our friends over at SpiderFan.org. Uh, SpiderFan, that's right. Uh, they say uh, in April 2003, Amazing Spider-Man number two, volume, uh, volume two, number 50 came out. And Peter Parker's Spider-Man volume two, number 53 came out. And we're, we're not going to talk about these, but uh, Spider-Girl 57 came out and Ultimate 36 came out. But we're just talking about the main two books. That's so right. That's right. Take me through ASM 50, JR. All right. All right. Well, boys and girls, um, I, in coming up with April Spider history, you know, it was I was thinking I remembered having such a good time over the last two or three months making fun of the clone saga because we were very clone saga heavy. And I, I was almost worried about i almost thought about doing more clone saga uh <laughs> not because not because it irritates george or anything although maybe that's a little it irritates of, Zach it, too. <laughs> but it's just because it's just because there's so many it's so bad and there's so many humorous crown jewels that actually when you go to a story of more quality it's kind of like well this doesn't isn't just as much fun, you know, I mean, uh, so it's like, I was almost, I don't know if I want to move away from the clone saga. There's only so long you can riff with cane watches. 
(laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but then again, I hate to repeat myself too much. And uh, as I was going through the episodes, I, uh, I realized we, uh, we, this is the 104th spider history. Wow. Uh, And yeah, if I, I wish I'd been, keeping tabs on that because if I would have remembered that December was the 100th, I'd have been done a little more for that. But anyway, the, re- the reason I bring that up is because I realized we had done very little in the two thousands. Yeah. So uh, particularly with the JMS era. So I decided to uh, uh, actually come up with a couple of stories and uh, one of them is actually kind of topical. Uh, okay. But anyway, what we'll start with is we're going to start with amazing Spider-Man volume two, mm-hmm. number 50, or I believe it would have been four ninety one, Right. Uh, under the uh, conventional, or is it 490 or 491? 491. Uh, 491. Under the conventional um, numbering. Uh, now, as, as all good Spider-Man fans know, uh, there has been an insidious plot against Mary Jane Watson uh, brewing probably not long after the marriage uh, in 1987. And there have been no less than three, three major events undertaken to remove her from the titles and from Peter Parker's life. And each time without fail, it has been to the series de- detriment. Yep. And uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Marvel, Marvel comics is the, uh, exhibits the very definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Now, the first <laughs> event was obviously the clone saga. The second event was uh, right after the first reboot of 1999, uh, and Bob Harris, at that time the editor-in-chief, who, even after he rampaged and ravaged Marvel Comics, still got a job with DC later. I mean, it's, 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 it must be, comics is an incestuous business, I suppose. You know, I guess it's like athletes, pro sports or whatever. You don't necessarily hire quality, you hire your buds. Um, so he dictated Mary Jane had to be killed off. Uh, something which even Howard Mackey and John Byrne wanted no part of. Uh, even if they don't want to write about her, Byrne in particular said, no, that's a mistake. You don't just write her out of the story. Don't kill her. Uh, so when they had the plane explosion in issue number 13, Byrne deliberately inserted the little, you know, the door or whatever to indicate that she probably escaped. So, well, anyway, Killing off Mary Jane proved to be a br- another brilliant Marvel move because then the titles immediately <laughs> went into a state of despair and gloom for a year. I mean, it just it was just a dark thing that just overhung the titles, uh, and uh, it wasn't until and then finally it was revealed that she was kidnapped uh, and held captive by a stalker in a story that Paul Jenkins actually had to come and help. Howard Mackey finish <laughs> for whatever reason, Howard couldn't finish it. Um, and the thing is the story itself just ended ignominiously because the stalker walked off and blew himself up and that was it. So all the two years of, uh, had been built up and, and that's what happened. So then, okay. So Mary Jane's back, but J. Michael Straczynski, uh, who was, had been hired to follow Mackey as the writer of Amazing Spider-Man, decided he wanted to take Mary Jane off the table because he wanted to rediscover Peter Parker and who he was, in spite of there being about 40 stories to figure out who Peter Parker was. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so, so after Howard Mackey, Howard Mackey had a final annual story where uh, the infamous annual where after Mary Jane had spent months in captivity, uh, Peter Parker, Peter kept hounding her for sex. 
Nope. I mean, again, yeah, it's one of, the, one of the worst. It didn't make my top 10 worst stories when I was writing, but it would have made 11 through 20 because it was just a horrible story. It was, it was bad. Uh, it was yeah. bad. Yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, it, it just, really, he did. I think he, he, like, at least two or three times, he was hounding her for sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, this woman has been kept in a, he, basically in a locked room without human contact, you know, I, but so it, it just incredible uh, how bad it was. So, anyway, in the intervening couple of years, as Drasinski was writing, and there were fits and starts of meetings, uh, a trip out to California, which there was a culminated in a reunion between uh, Aunt May and Doc Ock. Uh, so we get to the point where we are right now, and Peter is flying back from Africa after another adventure in the world of Ezekiel, Mor- Ezekiel Moreland Shathra mystic totem spider crap, which is what this what what the whole Ezekiel thing was anyway. So after a big, he flies from Africa, you know, because Spider-Man, it always works when you take Spider-Man out of New York or, you know, he just works great. That's why you take him to outer space or the savage land or (laughs) Africa, because that's where, that's where Spider-Man does his best work. So, so you deliberately take him out of there to tell great stories. Sacred wars, right, George? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Boy, just wanted to get that in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I was about to say, I'm, boys and girls, uh, dig up that podcast and, and 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 hear what I think about Secret Wars, and then hear what George thinks about me after condemning Secret Wars. <laughs> I mean, I, that was the first time you heard the term "goddamn monster." I think used in, uh, in synonymous with my name. But anyway, so but so Peter says, you know, Mary Jane and I, we we we've been doing this too long. We got we got to have the talk. Uh, and so. As he was, instead of flying to directly to New York from Africa, he wants to make a stop in L.A. Well, Mary Jane has the same bright idea, so she decides to fly from L.A. to New York. But Peter's not in New York because Peter's been in Africa with Ezekiel Shuffler, Mortem, Mystic, Spider, Totem crap. Uh, so they miss each other, you know, because Mary Jane's not in L.A. and Peter's not in New York. So they wind up flying back. But as luck would have it, a massive storm breaks out and they're both grounded in Denver. And at the very end of issue number 49, they see each other and they decide they have to have the talk. And that leads us to issue number 50. Okay. So we have to understand two part of what's upsetting Mary Jane is the Shathra, the spider wasp went on TV and said she was having a kinky love affair with Spider-Man, you know, and (laughs) Mary Jane is saying, I knew that wasn't true, but it just, and she brings up and this is this is I mean I, I'm going to say this issue is not a literary classic, but it's I, I always gripe about how Peter and Mary Jane are written, how they talk to each other because married people married people do not talk that way to each other, and I, I, I writers when they want to they want to they talk when they have Peter and Mary Jane together and they try to have conflict it's always oh Peter you're putting yourself in danger blah blah blah, blah. I don't understand so I'm going to smoke uh, and. We get to the heart, really, of of uh, you know Mary Jane's. I mean, these are on uh, Mary Jane's problems with being with Peter Parker, even though she loves him. It's like you live a double life. I always have to wonder what else you're hiding, what else you're not telling me. You know, what other secrets you're keeping? And because of this life you lead, when are you going to get bored with me? I mean, I'm just an ordinary person. <laughs> you're Spider Man, you know. And just uh, before Peter can answer, uh, obviously. We get special guest appearance by Doctor Doom, um, who in a uh, a bit of uh, 
uh, in, in a bit, a little amusing tweak of comic book conventions. In fact, I made fun of it at, during our clone saga where, where whenever you mention somebody's name or somebody mentions their name and it's in big caps or whatever, it's not really conversational. Well, Dr. Doom does walks in and says the same thing. He essentially announces his presence. And one of the security guards says, how do you do that? What? Talking capital letters like that, you know, and, uh, you know, silence minion. So, uh, okay. I was amused. I was amused, you know, but it was funny. It was just, I, you know, he has to, you know, bring out, you know, state his name big and flashy. And it's like, well, we already know who he is. Why does he got to announce who he is? Was this, wasn't when, when when this right around when Marvel made the switch from, from the lettering in all caps to doing lower and uppercase? I have no idea. I, I, I think that that may be an end joke uh, on that. On that? Okay. Well, I mean, it's still funny. I mean, to me, because it was kind of like what I was talking about, where it's used for dramatic effect, where, you know, the net character's name is spoken, you know, and in a non, non-conversational manner in all caps. And it's like, you know, he's talking caps like that. So anyway, Doom is in the airport because, because JMS being a typical Hollywood liberal cannot help him. <laughs> because Dr. Doom's going to a global warming conference. All right. <laughs> you know, and, you know, blaming the United States. The only reason I'm here, you know, and I, I can't do Doom or whatever, but I probably can do Doom better than Julian McMahon. Um, <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> Doom, uh, you know, he's he's only flying to this conference because of the U.S.'s contribution, you know, because your country burns off, off fossil fuels and all that. And it's like, well, you know, Dr. Doom, you know, you're smarter than that, Dr. Doom, aren't you? Because, like, you're ignoring India and China's contributions to the problem and Brazil cutting down all the rainforest. But, no, it's just America. Yeah, America, people, people America. love to conveniently leave out everyone except the U.S. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Not that we're guilt, not that we're, you know, again, blameless, but it's like – it ain't all off all, you know, um, but and this was more than 15 years ago. It's just funny how some things just never, I mean, well, actually this is 17 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, 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 it's like, but anyway, to give JMS credit though, he makes his little, he makes his little left-wing jab and that's the end of it. Then he moves on to his story. He doesn't become a folk part of the story. Okay. Just then a suicide bomber shows up. Who's one of you know, who wants to kill doom because of the free lot variant movement blows himself up. Peter drags one of the security guards that was leading Doom around, and it turns out to be Captain America, you know, because the security, <laughs> we're talking about Batman wearing, you know, see, we were talking about it this month, and we'll talk about it next month, actually, uh, where, you know, Batman was tearing off uh, a fake face or whatever, and he was wearing his full Batman regalia. Well, Captain Mar- or America, of course, is wearing his full regalia under his security guard uniform. So Spidey takes the opportunity to put on, or Peter, you know, of course he's got his costume. All good superheroes have their costume, puts on his Spidey mask, Cap revives and tells do- Spidey that the problem has just started. I mean, the, 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 this, this is just beginning. So as if on cue, an armed terrorist arrives to take out Doom. But, you know, Spider-Man shows up to save the day with a little bit of help from Cap. So they get rid of the armed terrorists, but the problem is now they're kind of trapped in the, the airport started to fall apart. So they're trapped. So they've kind of got to wait for either another supervillain to show up or to get dug out of the rubble. So Spider-Man decides to sit next down next to Mary Jane. And she says, Oh, and by the way, you never do introduce me to any of your superhero friends, you know, and it's like, Oh, hey, you know, Spidey was like, Oh brother, you know, but again, that's a, a part of the larger issue. Mary Jane trying to figure out yeah. where, where does she, she fit? fit? Yeah. In Peter's life, you know? And uh, so anyway, so 
we have several pages of fighting armor terrorists. And then Spider-Man and Mary Jane talk down, sit down for another talk. And she says, no, 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 no. I'm getting tired of talking to the, your mask. I, I want to talk to you. Take your mask off. I want to talk to Peter Parker. So, so they go aside and they talk. And even though the conversation is a little overwritten, it, it's, a, it's an honest conversation. Mary Jane is tormented by the fact that she feels that Peter, being Spider-Man, being a superhero with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal, mortal men, and a virtually impeccable moral code, simply what use does he have for her? You know, how, how, could, how does he need, she wants to be needed. She wants to, like any other partner. Is it me or JR breaking up really bad, George? No, I hear him fine. Oh, okay. He's just breaking up on my end. That's okay. It's probably your internet. Is your family watching Netflix? Yeah, probably it. Yeah, that's probably it. Yep. So, so Mary Jane basically is essentially saying, you know, I mean, it's coming to the grips of, you know, here it is, you know, she's been in this relationship with this great man, you know, and with all he does, with all the good that he do he does, just not only, like I said, not only just the superpowers, but the the moral code, you know, she he doesn't need her. She's useless. She's just a, a useless appendage. And Peter reminds her that. No, no. I mean, it's one thing to have superpowers, but the only one of the reasons I do this is because I because you love me. I do it because of you. You know, it isn't just enough to have superpowers, you know, and to have a motivation. You have to have that support. You have to have something to fall back on, you know, and it's like you come, you know, and, and Peter just tells her, I, I need you. I can't be Spider-Man without you. Um, and um and that's the highlight of the story. I mean, really, that's kind of that, that, that's kind of it. Uh, yeah. You know, the terrorists are defeated. Spider-Man lectures Doctor Doom, and then Spider-Man introduces Mary Jane to Captain America, and uh, Captain America reminds him, just saying, you know, you've got great powers, but don't don't let your powers and your mission and your secrets uh, overwhelm your humanity. That last page, you know? that last splash page was, uh, you know, that Brad had up a second ago. That that became iconic. Mm -hmm. For uh, a lot of people, uh, after bringing Mary Jane back, people that were very rightly sore that uh, the yeah. way Marvel had tried to kill Mary Jane off, yes. or as I refer to it as the Bob Harris assassination attempt. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that became very iconic. It still is for a lot of people about who uh, who Peter and Mary Jane are and what mm -hmm. they mean to one another. So, yeah. so this is the kind of thing that Spencer <laughs> looked at and says, yes, this is, this is what Peter and Mary, this is how important they are to one another. And then you had, you know, the... Uh, you had the whole failed assassination attempt in Quesada, mixed the deal with the devil and yada yada and everything. And this this is why people are upset about because this right here is core to Spider-Man. Yeah. And I I've talked about before how for a character whose whose whole thing is, you know, great power, you know, comes with great responsibility. There's no bigger responsibility than than having a wife and 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 maybe starting a family one day. I mean, that's it. It doesn't get more. Jr. Yeah. I mean, J Brad, I mean, you're, you're both dads. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it, uh, you, you know, it, it's being, you know, Uncle Ben's murder and Peter Parker, like I said, Peter Parker's morality and his desire for justice give him the motivation to be Spider-Man. Okay. But it takes people who love him like Mary Jane, like Aunt May, to give him the courage to go out there and do it. I mean, it's one thing to be super powered, but 
you know, why does he go out and fight crime? He fights, you know, he fights crime because of the people who love him. You know, I mean, they, 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 they make the fight worthwhile. Otherwise, what is he fighting for? Yeah. You know, to be Remember, honest, I think what, what, is, what is he fighting for? I mean, yes, to assage his guilty conscience, obviously, but you know, what, what is he not fi fighting for? If fighting for, to make the world better for the people that he loves. Yeah. There's a couple of iconic moments in spider history that showcase uh, how much the people around Peter are the reason that, that he does what he does. And I can't do it without them. Um, the whole thing with Aunt May being sick and, and, and trying to help Aunt May, Remember when when he was trapped by Doctor Octopus? What Amazing Spider-Man um, thirty-six? Thank or you. Something. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah, where he's lifting off all the stuff off of him, you know, which is which is a highly iconic moment for Spider-Man. Like we always talk about how Spider-Man doesn't give up, you know, and this is why. But uh, that whole time he's thinking about Aunt May. Um, Craven, you know, Craven's last hunt. Spider-Man's buried in a grave, and he's like, you know. It would be easy to just lay down and die, but I can't. I have a wife. I have to get out. I, I have someone who means the world to me and who who needs me. I have to get out of this. And that way, he, the entire time he's thinking about Mary Jane. So yeah. I mean, it's Jr.'s spot on with that. Yeah. And you know the one villain who knows this, Norman. About Norman. Norman knows it because and, and it's this. And of course, Norman's crazy anyway. But this is kind of hear me out here. Because I've always thought that a villain who goes after somebody's family is a coward. It's like you're not man or woman enough to go after the person yourself. And this is what this is why I thought the kingpin shooting Aunt May was wrong, or how you're the guy to shoot Aunt May was out of character. I mean, because the kingpin himself has had people he loved used against him. And so to me, that just felt so wrong that he would have Aunt May shot because to me, the kingpin is like, if I want to break the little effer's neck, I'll do it myself. I don't need to take out his family. And I, so I always felt that moment was wrong, but, but to me, that's a, that's a coward. If you take out somebody's family mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't think Norman's a coward, but why does no, why does Norman, why did Norman use Gwen against Peter? Why has Norman used Aunt May against Peter? Mary Jane. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's relentless. Is it because he's a coward? No. It's because he knows that these are the sources of Spider-Man's strength, right. you know, and, it, 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 and he's got his own issues. He has his own issues with Mary Jane. He has, he has his own mother issues and things like that, but he knows that they enable Spider-Man without them. Spider-Man doesn't exist. So this is, this is something that I think Dr. Octopus knows as well. He just, but this is what shows the dichotomy between Norman and, and, uh, and, uh, and Otto is that Otto's hatred is f f solely focused on Peter. Solely focused on Spider-Man. He's not going to take it out on Aunt May. No. He's not going to take it out on Mary Jane. He he will solely focus on Spider-Man, whereas Norman was like, I have no problem with making the people around you suffer. None at all. Yeah. All right. So we got one more. Oh, go ahead, Jerry. No, I was about to say, because he knows how important they are to him, to his life as Spider-Man. You know, they enabled him. They're as guilty as he is. You know, uh, in Norman's mind, they are as guilty as he is of there being a Spider-Man. So our next issue is Peter Parker 53, right? Whoops. That's right. Peter Parker's 53 to 55. Or, and or uh, 151 if you count from McFarland's number one. And uh, when I saw the plot of this, this story, and also who the, some of the guest stars, I said, you know what? I said, I got to do this one. I got, I got to do this one because uh, first of all, the story opens, the story just opens with one of Georgia's favorites, Fred Myers, none other than boomerang oh, does, on a huh? flight 
Okay, on a flight from New York to Sydney. Why? Because he's Australian. He doesn't vote in American elections like Shocker was trying to tell him to. You know, I mean, he's he doesn't sound like the Fred Myers that's rooming with Peter. This boomerang is an Aussie. He's an Australian. Um, so anyway, he's flying in because an Australian that plays American baseball. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's like the guy. That's why he's called. Boom. Well, the thing is though, Australia does. No, I shouldn't say that though. Australia. Uh, Australia did, I'm trying to remember, they did have some major leaguers. And Australian has usually had a team in the Olympics when they've had baseball has been an Olympic sport. So it wouldn't be that unusual for an Australian to be. But it's it just kind of funny. It's like, is he, he's a native Australian, but like lately, it's like, I don't think Nick, Nick Spencer ever wrote him as Australian. But anyway, so yeah. he's flying in. He's being irritated by this kid or whatever who's playing with boomerangs. And uh, so they finally get off the plane. And uh, of course, Fred has all his boomerangs and he says, Hey kid, you want to show I want to see how boomerang really works. And he takes out a few birds with it and says, you want me, want me, want to do it again? No. <laughs> so, so anyway, so Peter breaks up a Kids. fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Peter, anyway, we go to Peter Parker, Peter Parker breaks up a fight on a playground and, or and it's like a schoolyard. And this is Peter Parker's high school teacher phase, which yeah. frankly, I like. I thought it was a perfect job for Peter Parker to be a science teacher at a high school because one, it was what well, one, it allows him to hang around young people. I mean, it's like Peter ages, but then he gets to hang around young people and be invested in their problems and the concerns of kids today. Now there is one of us here who didn't like it because he thought it aged Peter, you know, I, um, yeah, I, I don't like the teacher, Peter Parker. <sighs> I like the photographer at the daily bugle, Peter Parker, which is that's has no the, function. Anymore. That's the well. Peter he, Parker as a teacher fits that character one hundred percent so perfectly. He exactly. um, he w could work on an online website newspaper, the Daily Bugle. He could do podcasting with Jonah. Anyway, the whole idea. I mean, I, I'm glad they. I mean, even before print started dying, you know. To me, I, I, I was glad. I thought Peter Parker's job as a photographer was stupid, to be honest. I mean, I thought it was like they didn't know, they didn't know what else, Stanley didn't know what else to do with him, what other job to give him. And really, the only reason to have a job at the Daily Bugle is because you had such great characters as J. Jonah Jameson and Robbie Robertson. And plus, it, me, that was it, it threw him at crime scenes, is what it did. Well, hell, all New York was a, in the seventies was a big slum pit. It was nothing, but he did, he wouldn't have to like hear a report of you know. Oh, there's a story I got to cover. New York was a cesspool. Yeah. There was crime everywhere. Crime wherever you walk. Yeah, the, so read Giuliani, New York. Yeah, <laughs> so he he didn't need to be a photographer to cover crime or or run across crime. But anyway, so you know, people like Brad thought being a teacher aged him too much, and Joe Casada listened to him. And of course, <laughs> we got one more day, you know, which was the third attempt. Like I said, I mentioned in the last or early story that you know the the reboot was the second attempt. The third one to get rid of Mary Jane was uh, brand new one more day and brand new day, which yeah. again failed miserably. Failed miserably. They tried it three times, and it's like you'd think they learned, but they don't. Uh, so anyway, so – JR, you, you say that real quick just, just to point out. Anytime editorial tries to push an edict onto the fan base, the fan base rejects it when, when Spider-Man's concerned. They didn't like One More Day, Brand New Day. They didn't like Killing Mary Jane off under Bob Harris. They, um, they didn't like uh, uh, the clone stuff. 
You know what I mean? It, it just It's like they never learn. They just keep doing it. So we've got several people in the chat saying uh, DC Marvel fan guy says, I miss Peter as a teacher too. So Flo says, I like school teacher, Peter and Mike, who I worked with he, uh, as a photographer at my new station. He likes photog Peter. So uh, Mike wins. <laughs> so wait a minute, this guy actually worked with you. So he knows what you like away from the camera, right? He knows yes, he know, he, what a, I see. Well, we should get his email, George, and get some brand stories or whatever. But but here's the thing. None of them, none of them were in, were, were, I, I hesitate to word, use the word indigenous, but none of them were legitimate stories to get rid of Mary Jane. Divorce would have been a legitimate story if it was written correctly. I mean, losing the baby, to me, the time to have broke him up was not the clone saga, but when the baby quote unquote died, because the loss of a child has destroyed tons of marriages. <laughs> Uncle Rizzo you know? says he lived in Brooklyn in the eighties and they stole your pizza, your shoes. It was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did. Like I say, you did, he didn't need to be a photographer to find crime, but, um, Ooh, what about a photography teacher? Well, he's not, he's a science. That's his major is science. Yeah, he's, that allows him to use his. He's uh, not which, real, which, which has what to do with photography. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, he just, he just, but none of them, you know, is like, you know, well, Peter's a clone, you know, so send him, you know, we get rid of Mary Jane by getting rid of clone Peter. Uh, we blow her up in a plane, or, you know, deep Peter makes a deal with the devil. None of them are like a natural into a relationship or none of them are, you know, the result of a, uh, the ultimate end of a crumbling relationship or anything like that. It was that way. Yeah. That way was a stupid idea to try to get Mary, rid of Mary Jane, but they were stupid stories, stupid yeah. execution. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, we go on TV during an interview show, which I think is a riff on Charlie Rose. Cause the, 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 the interviewee refers to him as Charles. Of course, I, I can't tell if it's a riff on Charlie Rose or not because the art belongs to that awful school of hey, let's exaggerate certain human features and limbs so much that the people don't even look human anymore. You could do it back uh, then. You can't riff on Charlie Rose now. No, no. It's <laughs> no. a whole different show. If you go on Charlie Rose. But, but what's interesting in this conversation is that the interviewee has written a book about the damage that superheroes do. And the purpose, you know, what purpose do they serve and how only America seems to have this superhero culture and how it seems to be predominantly white and male. You know, and as I read this, it's like, God, this was 17 years ago. I mean, it's like, and we, and, and this element is still harping on that. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, let it go, people. You know, <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I was just so awestruck when I read that, how familiar this all seems, you know, has seemed. Um, so the scene shifts to a group of rich white billionaires, a Texas oil man, a Hollywood producer, a software giant who's clearly meant to be Bill Gates. And another one talking about their venture to profit from the battles between superheroes and supervillains. Where have we seen that Ooh, before? That sounds just All like right. the, the current storyline. Yeah. And and their equipment. Every one of them has brought equipment to this hmm. meeting. Okay. Well, the equipment is in the form of other supervillains. And this the the equipment of the guy who's putting this together is boomerang. So yep. The scene switches. Peter's reading to a comatose comatose Flash Thompson who's in a coma because of oh, my Lord. good buddy. Norman, Norman Osborn yeah, yeah. put him there. So Peter's reading Lord of the Flies. Yeah. 
I'd forgotten about and, Flash's coma, coma. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, wait a minute. Uh, did the Red Goblin kill Flash? The Red Goblin killed so this Flash. This is twice Norman's gone after Flash, isn't it? Wow. Well, he went after Flash. Yeah, he went after Flash deliberately this time. But then the second time when the Red Goblin killed him, Flash just showed up at a fight he didn't belong in with a big kill me sign on him. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just, it, it was a, it was a slot that you, it was a slot setup you saw coming from a mile away. I remember, um, I remember during this time period because it was Jenkins that wrote the story that put Flash in the coma, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, death I, in the family. Adam, yeah. Death I, in the family. I liked Jenkins run overall. Cause mm-hmm. I liked because Jenkins was a breath of fresh air when I he got over, when, yeah. when, when he got to uh, over to Spider-Man. Uh, because two titles from Mackie a month where Mackie was clearly needed to be pulled, you know, four innings ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Was, you know, was, was just not cutting it, but um, I, I always thought it was a mistake because Harry was dead and Peter didn't, other than Mary Jane, Peter didn't have another friend he could confide in. And I wanted flash to finally rise up to that level of maturity. Cause he'd shown moments of it before. It, it's like flash's maturity level bounces around from yes. writer to writer and, and it's all over the place. Flash has been mishandled probably more than any other character in the supporting cast. This and is I, actually written by Zeb Wells. Jonah. I just had to, I, I, no, I think, yeah, this was Zeb Wells. I, but, yeah. but what I'm talking about is, is that I, I thought it was a mistake because at that point, Peter could have actually used a friend and you could have had a lot of, you know, a, a lot of cool scenes between grown mm-hmm. up, you know, uh, normal flash you know, uh, and again, it, it makes them even better friends because they started off as rivals, you know, as not yeah. as enemies, but as rivals. But here as grown up men, as adults, they can find they find common ground on their friends, despite all the all the things yeah. that have happened to them. But we we've really no one's really gone into that. We had flashes of flash. well, it, we had flashes of it in the past, but never no one. Con- really Conway that. tried to do that when they were like uh, roommates. Yeah, but I mean, that was, well, that was just one story. That was yeah, not but what, what, who was really who where I really saw some potential with it was when Peter David brought Flash back, brought Flash out of the coma, and he had lost his he had lost a lot of his memory, so he didn't realize that he and Peter were close friends. But he brought in Flash as the gym teacher. Oh, in so friendly neighborhood, yeah, yeah. So so you had Peter the science teacher and Flash the gym teacher, and in a way they were kind of renewing their rivalry, yeah. but also in a way Peter was trying to bring back that friend of his. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that was, you know, I said, there's some good stuff here, but of course, guess what? You know, it had to all get he shit canned. Th- yeah. They threw it, it away. It's just the thing. Whenever, you know, they always, what, I, this is the thing that irritates me uh, among others about all these reboots and read is because does it ever make the succeeding stories better? Yeah. No. I mean, it's one of those things where maybe sometimes you realize maybe, you know, too much has kind of been built up over the years. We got to kind of strip it away. We got to simplify it. We got to remove some stuff. And, and, and if it makes the story succeed, succeeding stories better. Yeah. It makes sense to do that. It makes sense to reboot. It makes sense maybe to kind of reset things, but at least for Spider-Man, it has never worked. They've it's always been worse. So again, again, this isn't just like old bitter fans yelling at clouds. I mean, the proof is it hasn't worked. So, and Mm -hmm. Again, probably one of the you know one of many reasons why the comic industry is circling the drain right now. But anyway, so, so anyway, so Spider Man leaves leaves Flash and uh, encounters Boomerang, you know, and so Boomerang's picking a fight, and uh, but 
Something's a little odd. Boomerang's doing a little more grandstanding. He's not going in for the kill or anything like that. And Spider-Man's saying, this doesn't grind for all right here. So, but anyway, because Spider-Man's an A-list superhero and Boomerang, you know, George's admiration for him notwithstanding is kind of a C-list supervillain. Um, yeah. Peter gets a, Spider-Man gets a drop on him and webs him to where he pulls him, pulls his, <laughs> he, he webs up his hands and gets him to, and pulls on his hands and gets him to hit himself. So, yeah. and he says, crikey, see, he's Australian. He says, crikey. Um, yeah, but he hits himself and, and Spider-Man goes, why are you hitting yourself, boomerang? Why are you hitting yourself, boomerang? And then he said, God, that's obnoxious, even for me. <laughs> yeah. Um after yeah. he takes boomerang out and his spider sense is still tingling, he realizes something's wrong and, you know, he sees a camera and then he sees a camera on boomerang's head and he's wondering what's going on here. And of course, at that point in time, we see his image being transmitted, uh, and in, into this yeah. parlor, obviously where people are drinking and betting. I'd forgotten you know, about and that. Yeah. And it's like, huh. And of course, so then we get the scrawl to be continued. Yeah. So, to be continued part two, we start getting the gist of the story. Right. Obviously, the people are setting up fights with Spider-Man and betting on the outcome. Yeah. Boy. You know, so the Texas oil man brings in his champion, who's the scorpion. And then huh. the Bill Gates guy brings in his champion, who's a robot. And what's funny, and then the, there actually is an amusing scene between the scorpion and the robot they're supposed to go after spider-man together and again you know people are going to watch the fights and bet on him and but anyway so the scorpion is telling the robot his stories of his conversations with spider-man and the scorpion is saying yeah you know there was one time i was really going crazy because i couldn't get my costume off then spider-man and me did a dance our usual dance and he took that sucker right off and the scorpion goes wait a minute does that sound weird are you recording this? It's like, <laughs> don't you play this back? There ain't nothing weird going on between me and Spider-Man. But but as I was reading this and I was thinking, boy, that's kind of funny. And I thought, wait a minute, that sounds exactly like what Nick Nick, Nick Spencer is doing. Right. The type of, of the, uh, the 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 absurdity, you know, you know, having fun with the absurdity of some of these villains. And I thought God, that you know, again, again, the the betting thing on superhero fights, yeah, the comic the comic use of the supervillains and kind of you know playing with the absurdity of them, you know. Um, did you, you did you remember when you were reading Nick Spencer's? Did you remember the story or just exactly that? That's what I referred to it once. I've, I kind of okay. I, I don't to remember the story at all. It's like, gee, there's nothing. Well, I re referenced it when we did when we were doing Clone Saga that we were doing the Great Game. Okay. These rich people were betting on the Great Game, and it's like they've done this before. You know, they did yeah. that then. They did, and I'm nothing new this. under the sun, is there? <laughs> no. And. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so anyway, the scorpion <laughs> confronts Spider-Man and says, Spider-Man, of course, he's playing for the camera. Spider-Man, let's do violence on each other. Spider-Man says, you got to restructure that sentence. That's just creepy. Anyway. Yeah. So the robot's a bit chatty. And, and he said, and he's always telegraphing what he's going to do. And say, so robot says, I will tear you apart with my metal claws. Spider-Man says, well, wait a minute, what do I do to you? Why, why do you want to tear me apart with your metal claws? And the robot says, well, that's a good question. And so the, the robot thinks about it and then replays basically a conversation that he overheard on the, all the rich guys as, as to why Spider-Man has been picked as the, the, the guinea pig for this service, the streaming service, I guess they've set up, uh, is because he's a loner. He doesn't have any other affiliations. And there's a lot of people who will pay to see people try to kill him. 
Um, so, so eventually Spider-Man uh, defeats the Scorpion, starts piecing things together. Who did the art for this? It wasn't Humberto Ramos. That was my first thought. It's not yeah, Humberto. I'm, but, I'm trying uh, to get back to the front page. Yeah. First page. It, it wasn't the name that we've seen a lot. Michael O'Hare. Michael O'Hare, it looks like. I've never heard of Michael O'Hare. So, um, so part three... Wait, wait, at the end, part two, part two is like, well, of course, the other guy, they can't be Spider-Man. So the other guy is going to bring his champion. Okay. And there's a shadow and the shadow looks ominously like a certain vigilante, a competing comic book company who takes his motive from a mammal of the order of Chiroptera, whose forelimbs are adapted as wings and who are the only mammals capable of true and sustained flight. Who so, are who are, are? Is that a Batman reference? What are you? Uh, there we go. It looks. Okay. It looks like the, the last panel. Find the last panel on yeah, that I'm issue. Trying. You'll see the shadow, and it oh. looks like it's, it, it looks like it's supposed to be Batman. Okay, I, f- I found it. Okay, yeah that that does look like Batman. Does there it? you go? There you go. Yeah. So anyway, so it's just kind of it just it's just funny. This this the 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 choosing this particular month was uh, fortuitous. Yeah. Uh, considering the other conversations we've had, uh, again, spider history, yeah. always topical, always on the mark, <laughs> you know, and, and fair and balanced and always the truth. Nothing Matt, made up. Matt wants to know boomerang's first appearance. Do you guys know it off your, your heads? I think it was in, uh, Iron Man, honestly. Iron Man. Yeah, I don't think it was or Hulk. Was Actually, I think it was Hulk. I think it was Hulk tales to astonish. We've we've talked about it here before. I can't remember off the top of my head. Let me look. Yep, tales to astonish. Um, here, I'll pull it up for you. Tales to astonish number 81, 1966. Huh. So, mm. uh, he has been around a lot longer. Stan Stanley and Jack Kirby creation. Uh, boomerang. There you go. So, uh, Jr. I always ask, was it a good month? Yeah, well, hang on. This the story. Hang on, story's not over yet. Just about oh, done I'm here. Sorry, so anyway, sorry, part sorry. part three. The the Batman the Batman turns out to be the Rocket Racer in a souped up costume. Are you kidding me? Uh, no, that's that's uh, Rocket Racer. Oh, that's hysterical. That's Rocket Racer. Well, find find the comic because we, there's I'm, a I'm, panel that we I'm, have. I'm we have to trying to. Uh, so anyway, so so Spider Man takes the robot. In the third part to the Baxter building. And so Reed Richards is able to sweet talk it into letting him fix it or play around with it. And he figures out that the robot's been simultaneously, you know, has been broadcasting about 20 different locations. So Peter goes undercover pretty unsuccessfully uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it lays down a $5 bet on Spider-Man uh, for the next battle. But he does that to figure out, to figure out who's coming after him and when. And so when the rocket ra- the rocket racer comes after him, uh, but Spider-Man doesn't fight back and let the, and let, basically lets the rocket racer beat, beat him, beat him to a pulp. Uh, and of course, he, Spider-Man knows exactly what he's doing. The rocket racer isn't in on it, uh, but Spider-Man does it for a reason because everybody who's sitting there betting on Spider-Man to beat the rocket racer because the rocket racer is considered a loser. Uh. You know, everyone's betting on him and Spider-Man's still in the fight. So, all these people who've been on Spider-Man now, you know, not only are they losing, but they also, they think the fix is in. 
So they all turn against the, uh, the, the, the guys who are running this operation and, uh, you know, the rocket racer sits out with Spiderman. Took me forever really. to find it, but that's, look at that redesign of rocket racer. Oof. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And looky there at the, uh, oh. yeah. Look at the next, uh, but there's actually kind of a joke at the end near the end. Keep going, go and go to the, near the end of the story when the Spider-Man okay. rocket racer fight is done and Spider-Man revives and he says, mama, and it's a very, very, very bad costume joke, uh, reminiscent of Batman uh, and Robin. So I don't know if you can. Oh, uh, there. Oh my, yeah. that's that. Uh, that's awkward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's very a, yeah. There and then like the rocket. Oh, so, right, so there's the nipples right. on the suit, like in Batman Forever. I see. And the and, and the wow. rocket racer says, "I didn't make the damn thing." Uh, yeah. But anyway, so the rocket race says, you know, man, I really wasn't going to kill you. Uh, he says, I really didn't want to kill you. That's, that's, you know, I'm not a great guy, but I would not do that, you know. And, and I think in history has kind of proved that the rocket racer feels a certain kinship with Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man could easily have pummeled his ass any number of times and thrown him in jail. But Spider-Man, had, you know, would give him another chance because he realized, you know, some of his motivations for why he did what he did. Anyway, so the rocket racer gives him Spider-Man the address of the, 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 the guy's headquarters who are running this scam. Uh, and so, you know, he goes in and beats them all up or whatever and uh, saves the day. But uh, the one of the bad guys said it's something interesting and it was never followed up on obviously, because this was just a guest shot by Wells. Cause this Peter, because this was because uh, Peter Parker had been uh, Jenkins title. And it was going to be rebooted to a new spectacular Spider-Man with Jenkins. So this was just running out the running out the, the last few months, and Zeb Wells was just guesting for this story. But, but but something one of the lead bad guys said, which almost kind of ties back into Mark Millar's later Marvel Knights. He said it was never about really the money; it was about the power and the control. He says we can't control. We can control. We businessmen. We can control everything except you people. You people and your capes and your vendettas or whatever. We want to get in on that world. We want a piece of that, you know, we want to control that. So, but you know, it was something was, I thought that was kind of interesting uh, because like I said, it's a sort of reference showed up in the, the Mar, uh, uh Marvel Knight Spider-Man reference. But anyway, so the last, the last issue or the last pages, all the bad guys uh, appearing before Congress and the robot is given testimony and Peter is quite amused by the whole thing. Now the story is 17 years old, but it, it's style its manner suggests Nick Spencer and what Nick Spencer is doing with Spider-Man and with the villains. And I made me wonder if spy, if Nick Spencer and Zeb Wells are the same person <laughs> using different names. I honestly read this story, boys and girls. I mean, it, it, yeah. it reads like a Nick Spencer Spider-Man really? story. Almost huh. exactly like a Nick Spencer Spider-Man. Well, story. Did you like that story? Uh, you know what? I, I, the first time it, I didn't. I don't. It's, it's an okay story. It's too yeah. long. If it had been yeah. done in one or two parts, I think it would have been much more effective. You yeah. know, a quick hit here and there. Uh, it's okay. It's not a bad story. You're about to ask me if this was a good month. Yeah. It's an okay month. A great Mary Jane story brings back Mary Jane perm. Well, I would say permanently until one more day. Right. Uh, but, you know, and then Strazin from then on, Straczynski handles Mary Jane very well and he handles a marriage very well. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and this was an okay story. It was always, you know, Zeb Wells until reboot, and I mean, not reboot, until one more day and brand new day. What, and the, like the stories he wrote after that were, were crap. But before that, 
it was always nice to see Zeb Wells do a Spider-Man story because he did good right. Spider-Man stories. He was the guy who yeah. wrote that behind the mustache story about Jameson. That was a that was a very good story. No doubt. So um yeah, it was it was a decent month. It was a cool. decent month, but it was just funny reading this about how, you know, certain issues, you know, like I said, not right. just the style, but even the 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 white male thing. It's like in the global warming thing that Straczynski brought up. It's like these twenty years are later, old. yeah, we're still yeah, later. they're still they're still hammering on these. Uh, Man, I I I just don't remember. I remember the Straczynski issue. I don't remember this one at all. Do you, George? Uh, no. Which one? The uh, hold it back up again. The, the Zeb Wells one where. Rocket <clears throat> Racer was redesigned, and no, no, I, yeah. I remember the rocket. I got sunflower seeds in my mouth. <laughs> uh, I remember the Zeb Wells, or not the Zeb Wells, but the Rocket Racer redesign. But I don't remember the story itself. Me, me neither. Uh, interesting things uh, uh, in the chat. Uh, Max over on Facebook, longtime Crawl Space visitor, first time commenter, and he said. <laughs> Hold Don't on. we have a bell to ring when somebody's a first timer or whatever? You know, <laughs> ding, 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 oh, ding, ding. where did he? Where is his po second post? I've got so many. He first joined the crawl space when he was ten. He is now twenty nine. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness, Max. Well, welcome. Finally, I'm glad you could finally be on the show. That's really that's really fun. Uh, let's see. I almost wonder if it's like, what, were your parents not allowing you to comment before? <laughs> Is that it or something? You know, you, now you, you got it. You escaped from your parents' you, you basement. Know now you can comment. Max, you know, what's really interesting. Uh, Zach is doing a spreadsheet and, uh, he's adding up, uh, how many episodes, uh, JR has been on, how many histories we've done, how many fight clubs. And he's going to, uh, add up the time that we've invested in this show since oh. 2006, how many hours we've been doing this show. And that should be an interesting, uh, experience to see how many hours we've been doing this. Fellas. Um, Her interesting or sad, probably or all other. Hershey, oh, yeah. Russell, Osiris had a question for you, Brad, in the chat. Did you see, I see it. The most recent spider news is not on the crawl space YouTube channel. Did you take it down for editing? Uh, I did take it down. <laughs> I, I do edit Jr. You know I do, a uh, little bit. The front and the back end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I took them down because uh, the Patreon members get the episodes two weeks early, uh, and as a perk for helping support the podcast. And once the two weeks are over, then I uh, put it out to the public. So uh, you will see those episodes immediately now. If you want, if you join Patreon.com/slash Crawlspace. But after the two weeks is up, then I put it out to the masses again. So let's see, man, we have a lot of comments coming in. Uh, I've forgotten the secret empire, but yeah, I remember boomerangs first costume was indeed ridiculous. Matt wants to know our thoughts on Jerry Conway's Spider-Man. I think it's uni universal. We all three love Jerry Conway's Spider-Man, right? His amazing Spider-Man run. When he came back mm -hmm. for spectacular and web yeah. years later, he'd, he'd lost a little something. Yeah. But no, uh, he helped to find Spider-Man. Exactly. Uh, let's see. I'm kind of ready to move on to the next one, aren't you, JR? All right. Yes, I the, am. The drug one. Okay. Uh, right. We're in a new month, so let me let me get my uh, notes up here. Thirty days have passed. God, I'm fat. I gotta lose weight. Uh, it's been, I tell you, it's been a long year. Uh, it's only April. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just thinking the last 12 to 18 months, I, my workload at work got 
bigger and it's like <laughs> and i've gotten you, bigger along with it can you work from home <laughs> i have been working from home the last two three weeks i hate it uh, <laughs> well it's 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 you stop you see i never liked working from home because you lose particularly when you do it so often you lose it's it's like the difference between night and day you know like you're in isolation or whatever and if you don't know the difference between night and day are coming you know you look you, you get off your rhythm and like being home all the time you let's all do drugs <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> don't do drugs boys and girls do don't not do we're um... don't do alcohol I, I i try to tell my kids this you know it's like don't don't i mean yeah you're gonna have fun for a while but once you after you hug the porcelain god a few too many times no 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 uh, <laughs> but uh yeah they gotta learn um <laughs> and that was a psa by George. i mean jr <laughs> yeah. Uh, still trying to find Amazing Spider-Man on Marvel Unlimited, so I can share. No, a couple. no, I mean it's like you, you know, if you're home all the time, you lose that break between going to work, coming home, kind of resetting your mindset, and you know, like okay, I'm at work, and then I'm in this mindset. Now I'm going home. Now I, you know, it's like it all runs together, and, and my sleeping yeah. patterns are messed up. And I think it was I, Ke- Kelly I, I on. Wait Kelly wait for this team. Kelly last night on the show, uh, when we did the cosplay interview, she goes, welcome to March 40th. <laughs> I thought yeah. that, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, JR, you've talked about this on Marvel Unlimited, how hard it is to find stuff. I can't find Amazing Spider-Man 1962. I can find all these. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to go to the Amazing Spider-Man. Ah, the which, ma- forgot the the, which is funny because during this Straczynski yep, time, you can find Amazing Spider-Man. There it is. So it's it was, like it was the the, yeah, for like That's the first run volume, it's the Amazing Spider-Man. Then, like the second volume, it's up at Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. and then later, then it's the Amazing again. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I don't like. Marvel, I mean, I like Marvel Unlimited, but it is not the most accessible, uh, user-friendly. Uh, the, the app is much easier to use than the, uh, the desktop, which is usually the complete opposite. <laughs> True. I, I, I have a Kindle, uh, and that's about the easiest. I, I can't do Marvel Unlimited on the phone. I can't do it on a laptop, yeah, but I, I can do it on the, the Kindle. Do it on the Kindle, so... Uh, I, and I can't sort by oldest. So, oh my God. Okay, give me anyway, a JR. That's all right, because I'm going to say that uh, I'm not using Unlimited this time. I am using. Oh, you got very. You got an old trade, yeah. Very special trade. Very special trade. Uh, what is that? 97? Is that what issue it is? 90. Oh, oh, the issues? Uh, it's yeah. 96 to 98. 96, 90. Okay. Almost there. I'm. I'm in the Stern era, ASM246 on the website. (laughs) (sighs) Give me a minute, folks. And their website's not loading that easily. Yeah, Adam Winchell, though I don't miss my long-ass work commute. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm never late for work now because I don't, I mean, I just roll out of bed and go to work. But it's still, I used to, like, stop for something to eat, you know, stop for breakfast or whatever. There was a a routine, and now that's completely shot. Um, Um, Oh, there it is. There it is. It's easier to Google it. Okay, read. Oh, no, I don't want to add that to my library. I want to read it. Read now. 
Boom, I found it. Or load. Did Marvel Unlimited update uh, this week? Are either one of you on Marvel Unlimited? Yeah, I've got Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, they did. There was a reference to them updating some more, putting some more Spider-Man on. Well, they put uh, some old specs. Yeah, they haven't added any old issues this week. It's, well, there's a Wolverine 24. Oh, no, that's currently reading. Sorry. Hold on. Nope. It's all new issues this week. They haven't. Last week, they added some new photographer. Adam Winchell, mm-hmm. I thought it would be cool for Peter to be a crime scene photographer. That might have uh, yeah. that would have been interesting to see them actually do something like that. But it, it seemed like maybe they tried once or twice and gave up on it. Yeah. Uh, are you going to be on tomorrow night's show, George? George is not, unfortunately. Jr. is. I am. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've got. Uh, it's just reviews, right? You're not doing news, right? Because there's no. no it's just we. In all these years of the show, I've never skipped two issues of Amazing. We we forgot two issues. Uh, see, it's the quarantine. You just I see, know. it's messed you up. It's messed you so, up. So uh, I got Jr. I got me. I got Kelly. I Ashley. I don't think ever replied. Uh, I got Zach, Javi, and I think that's it. I'm not sure. Anyway, I think that's who the cast is tomorrow. Uh, okay, we ready? I've got the issue up. Let me uh, share my screen. What did you think of the amazing Gog, George? You have to. Oh yeah, George. What was your Gog thought? I I gave it a D. No, I liked it. I mean, it, it's not a Spider-Man story, but exactly. <laughs> but no, I mean, I liked it. I. I I didn't hate it or anything. It was it was interesting. What uh, what would your grade be, George? Probably a B, B plus. B. I gave it a D. Four bucks and Spider Man appears as bookends. I don't like it. No, I don't either. I I think JR was along with me. Uh, let's see. Well, it's, it, you know, it just it just it. it but part of it, you know, if if the rest of the whole can the rest of the the. There wasn't so much. It just feels so stretched out anymore. You know, in another in another time period or whatever, maybe it wouldn't have seemed so bad. But th- like the Kindred story, it just everything is being stretched out. Nothing's coming to a resolution, and it's like we're just. And, and so when something like that happens, it completely interrupts the entire flow of the. Well, that's a wrap on that episode. I hope you liked it. Uh, One more time before we wrap it all up, I want to remind you about uh, patreon.com slash crawlspace. Log on there to get exclusive thank you content, which uh, one of them is the Spire Satellites, where we review all the books that aren't amazing on that episode. That's a thank you to people that help support this podcast on our website each and every month through Patreon. There's also several other podcasts that are up there that are fun to listen to. Uh, that I think you'll get a kick out of. But again, it's patreon.com slash crawlspace for exclusive content and also support things you like, like this podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.